Jake Scott from the Big Show joins us now on the Sprint special guest line. Sprint, Lee City Hanset, get an iPad for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Jake, good morning. David freaking James, how are you this morning, my friend? Mind blown. How in the world did Houston get rid of Chris Paul's contract? I'm still blown away by that. I have no idea. In fact, uh, hearing you say that you didn't think Houston would be able to get off Chris Paul, I thought there was no way in a million years they'd be able to get off Chris Paul. That's the worst contract in the league right now. And they're going to flip and, it again. You know, they're going to flip yeah. it again. I, now I'm doubling down. All right, move him to Miami. I won't be surprised, I promise. Well, I also I, I heard you say something before I came on that, that somehow, and and this, you, you know, I'm trying to surround myself with the rumors and everything going on last night before I go to bed and getting up this morning, getting ready to come on with you. How on earth would the Lakers pull that off? I don't am understand. I, am I dense? How, how <laughs> I would that actually happen? Uh, if they trade AD, we're all going to freak out. No, I don't, I just don't see how that's going to happen. I, I think it's no. got to be Miami. I think to get to the part that impacts the Jazz here, uh, it makes Houston better. Somebody is going to finish sixth, and we're saying really nice things about them, and they're going to finish sixth, and possibly they'll have a pretty good record. Well, maybe they'll have 50 wins and still be in sixth place. Portland, Denver, Utah, Houston, Lakers, Clippers. Uh, how much did this move Houston up? Because they got younger. They got more athletic. They dumped what, from the outside, looked like a bad chemistry problem. Now they may end up with chemistry problems, but they're younger and more athletic. I don't get, DJ, I don't know how much better it makes them just because I don't quite understand how it's going to work on the floor. Westbrook's going to defer to Harden. That's how it's going to work on the floor. I don't think James Harden's taking anything from anybody. Harden, apparently, during a game... (laughs) told Chris Paul, you can't even beat your man. Get over there and be quiet. And he may not have said be quiet. <laughs> STF, I love, STF, I love that, that, that anecdote, uh, which is funny, right. which tells you a lot about what you need to know about Harden. But uh, I agree with you. I, I think he's going to have to go in. Uh, Houston is, is Harden's team. Westbrook is going to have to defer to him. But how is that going to go? And uh, from an attitude standpoint, which I bet there's going to be a honeymoon period, you know, it's going to be fine at first, and then we'll see how it goes. The, the honeymoon period with Chris Paul and James Harden lasted a year, which which is longer than I thought it was going to last. And then last year they had their issues, and, and I think you're absolutely right. There were chemistry problems. But here, here's the thing, DJ, the, that James Harden and Russell Westbrook, how their games have developed, overlap so much. Yep. And they both, their games are actually really, really similar, except for Russell Westbrook can't hit the hit the three and can't hit the step back. But they're all about letting the air out of the ball for most of the 24-second uh, shot clock. Uh, you know, they get assists, but they're not really unselfish assists because they're more just like, I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do for me, and if you happen to be open, you better make it. And so I just don't know. Uh, I think Chris Paul was willing to change his game two years ago a little bit to fit with Harden. Is that is that what Russell Westbrook is going to do? I agree with you that he's going to defer to Harden. But when you take the ball out of Russell Westbrook's hands, aren't you aren't you aren't you taking away what makes him special? Yes. What it does give you is for the 12 minutes that Harden should be setting, because we've heard how he's played so hard and he gets worn down in the playoffs, for the 12 minutes he should be sitting, you got Westbrook out there running it. Also, if you want to go with the whole, uh, you know, manage the rest and all that, and, uh, Yak, what's that cliche we hate? 
I can't remember now, which load is great. Load management. Dang it. I had wiped that from my brain, but I guess I, I have to have that. The whole load management thing. You know, Westbrook played 73 games last year, missed nine games. Right. You could go into the season and say, guys, we're not playing you on back-to-backs. It increases the odds of injury. Maybe we will late in the year. But they're, you know, one of you is going to take a night off here. One of you is going to take a night off there. So it gives them that. Hey, you guys, you know, uh, Westbrook's 30 now. It's like, guys – Let's extend your career. This is a talk Sloan had with Stockton 30 years ago. You're coming out at six minutes. You're playing fewer minutes. We're going to extend your career. And Sloan was right. It worked. So I think there's some of the small benefits. But the fact is for 60, at least 50, and probably 60 games a year, for at least 24 minutes in that game, they're both going to be on the court together. And yeah. that's going to be grating because they're, used, they're both used to being the big dog. And I suspect Harden's going to remain the big dog. And <laughs> that's what I think. Yeah. So for the well, gym- the other thing, the, the the other thing to worry about DJ is is Russell Westbrook is such an athlete and relies on athleticism for all of his game. I mean, he only shot twenty nine percent from three last mm-hmm. year. Had uh, really his, his three point shooting has been on a, a, a steady decline. For five so what years. happens when when that athleticism leaves him? You know, yep. is he Tracy McGrady where he goes from top of his game to out of the league in you know three point five seconds? How's that going to go? I think. He'll be fine this year, and, and maybe that's what they're pushing all their chips in the middle for. They want another shot at it this year. But I still think the end of that contract is going to be super painful because he's not going to be the same player. The future is definitely now, and I won't guarantee that he won't – with the mentality now, I won't be guaranteed he'll be flipped again. No matter how bad his contract is in two years – well, first off, Chris Paul has three years left. In two years, yeah. if, if Westbrook's really slipped, he's only got two years left. So there's that, and, you know, if you can trade the Paul – contract i mean maybe there's a whole new recipe now you know it's it's not 2005 anymore big guy there's a whole new strategy i think for the jazz what this means is it's probably not any different i think it's just easier for everyone to accept it now the truth probably hasn't changed that much in 24 hours but there's a bunch of good teams in the west this does on the surface make houston look a little better. Maybe it'll make them look a lot better. And you're just not backdooring anything, which we should have known yesterday. You're going to have to be really good, and you're going to have to be really good at the biggest times, and none of this should come to a surprise. But the fact another team made a move to improve itself, at least incrementally, and maybe more than that, just underscores that point. You're going to have to bring it, and you're going to play at a really high level. I I totally agree. And, and David, this this might be as excited as I've been to go into an NBA season ever. This offseason has been incredible. I mean, selfishly from a sports radio standpoint, DJ, I mean, boy, don't we have fresh NBA talking points every single day to go over. Some huge happens. But how fun is this year going to be? I was talking about this with Gordon the other day. The brick wall at the end of the road, the Golden State Warriors, that's gone, at least you know for now. And and it's not automatic anymore. There isn't a, a team that we just say, oh, you know, can't win, don't try, because you're not going to get past the Warriors. So what's really the point? And then all of a sudden, all these all these teams have have seen the opportunity. And I think the Chaz would have made their moves regardless, just because of the salary um, of Rudy and Donovan, and they kind of have a timeline where they can, you know, spend this money on Mike Conley right. because they're not spending it on Donovan Mitchell. So I don't. I don't know if that had anything to do with the Jazz making their moves, but these other teams and making these moves, it's made, you know, three, four, five, six in the West, seven maybe you could argue, essentially on the on the even playing field, which is going to be so fun next year. Think about this. I mean, 
how many games in an NBA season, home games are, are kind of throwaway games, you know, where you, you want to come see the Jazz play, but, you know, they're playing against uh, the Magic or something like that that just aren't doing it for you and, and aren't the most interesting. There are so many interesting teams across the league. Every night is going to be fun. Every night is going to be excited, uh, exciting, and and everybody's kind of even. And I think it's, you know, one thing missing in the NBA, and I've heard you and PK talking about this a lot, is parity. And it's always been missing. It's not a new thing. You know, teams are, are dominant, and they rattle off several championships, and, and you, you know, it's always two or three teams in the whole league have a shot to win it. Well, how many teams this year have a shot to win it across the league? Ten? Eleven? I was going to go Twelve? nine. I was going to go nine. Yeah. Uh, I was going to yeah. say, I was thinking about the teams you find interesting, and I was at about 12 or 13 for interesting. When you said that, I can tell you right now, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Blazers, the Nuggets, the Rockets, the Spurs, those six are definitely interesting. Yep. Um, I'm, I know I'm leaving somebody out here as I do this off well, the top of my head. Well, even if you want to get super geeky, DJ, Map, I, I think Dallas is super I'm interesting. Absolutely, I I, Sacramento I was, is interesting. I was saying Dallas and Sacramento are the two teams that may not make the playoffs that I could still find interesting in the West. I've left out one playoff team somehow. I, I screwed up there. Uh, over in the East, uh, you've got three championship contenders who are interesting. Well, three contenders to get to the conference finals. Uh, Milwaukee, Philly, and Boston are definitely interesting. Behind them, I might find Indiana interesting, and after that, I might be ready to ride off the East. Well, again, it's it's how willing are you, uh, your geeky are you willing to right. get? I mean, you know, Orlando, I think could be somebody that's on the rise and interesting. You know, think about they beat uh, they beat Toronto uh, for or uh, in a game in the playoffs last year, and they could be on the on the rise. Uh, the East uh, again is going to be shallow, and there's going to be some some crappy teams back there, and yeah. you know, I think. Uh, I think the Wizards are, are maybe in the worst spot plummeting. You know, do you get rid of Bradley Beal and John Wall? Speaking of a contract, you can't get off. So, uh, But I, 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 I'm with you. That's probably about a dozen teams we just rattled off right there, right? When was the last time that happened? Uh, the Jazz are going to play on Christmas Day, aren't they? You need 10 oh, interesting yeah, teams. So. You need 10 interesting teams on Christmas Day. Uh, and, and I know the NBA is trying to find a way to get the West Coast teams on TV in an hour when people can see them. So if they don't use Christmas Day to get the Lakers, the Clippers, the Warriors, and the Blazers into the middle of the day, then they're not trying. We might get the last game here. I, I would think the last game is going to be either in Salt Lake or Denver. That's just, just Oh, that's what happened last year, right? And it was, uh, it was fun. I, I wasn't sure you know, how I would, uh, would feel about the Jazz playing on Christmas Day. It had been a long, long time since they had did it. And I thought it was a special atmosphere. It was a fun game. I uh, I really enjoyed fitting it into my my holiday uh, my holiday my Christmas holiday, but I think this year, absolutely, we're going to see them play the Jazz. You, you know, I I get it that that um, we're not the most glamorous market, and I get it that they didn't uh, you know sign Kawhi Leonard and trade for Paul George. But as far as interesting teams go, I mean the the Jazz moves um, might be the best fit for what they needed. When you look at all the the off season moves, I mean, we we just got done talking about how we're not show, sure if Russ and and Harden are going to necessarily be a good fit at this point in their career. I love defensively, especially Kawhi and and Paul George and and the Clippers with Patrick Beverly. I mean, they're going to be locked down defensively, but I mean, who's 
who's going to be the alpha dog there scoring 30? You know, Paul George probably says, hey, I'm third in the MVP voting, so give me the rock. And Kawhi, they overlap a little bit. Um, I, with the Lakers, we'll, we'll see how that goes with, with Anthony Davis, but if you look at every big that's played with LeBron, DJ, where has that big's numbers gone? Down. So is it really going to be a, a great fit there in, in L.A.? But you look at what the Jazz did, they needed a guy who could stretch the floor and take the pressure off of uh, off of uh, Rudy inside when he's rolling to the rim. Bojan Bogdanovic, perfect. Uh, you know, a guy who's nearly 40% for his career from three. Yeah, sounds great. One of the best corner three shooters in the league. Terrific. Mike Conley, you, could, you couldn't watch the Jazz last year without looking at Ricky Rubio and saying, hey, he's a fine player, but, God, the Jazz needs somebody who can, who can put the ball in the basket. Yep. And then you go and get Mike Conley, who's just that, and, and the world's greatest teammate, apparently, on top of it. I mean, it's just it's, it's such a good fit, and even losing favors, which I know people don't like, but you replaced his productivity with two guys instead of one. Who cares? You know, Ed Davis and Bojan Bogdanovic and throw in a little Jeff Green right there. You know, that's how you replace a player like Favors. And a lot of those guys are, are flexible from a playing standpoint and do a lot of different things for you. So, I mean, as far as fit goes, the Jazz may not have, you know, have had the splashiest offseason, even though it's been pretty splashy. I love how it all fits together. Well, it comes down to in the playoffs a lot of times is your star good enough to be their star, and that's where you know the Jazz and the Nuggets have the youngest stars, and the young stars yep. don't usually get it done. They usually have to take you know their beatings along the way. Having said that, if the Jazz are in a conference final, it's a massive step forward. So if they can just not take the beating until then, uh, it's still a win. But that is something we can worry about next May, April, May. <laughs> I guess, you know, to use that analogy, to mix the sports analogy, it does feel like in the West that it's, the, uh, it's Daytona or it's the Indy 500, whatever, and it's six cars wide headed in, and there's not room for six cars in turn one. Someone's going to the wall and going out in the first round. Yeah, I, well, it's inevitable, right? I mean, it, mathematically, it's, yep. it's going to happen. And, and probably, you know, injuries and things like that are, are going to play a role as they, as they always do, but... As far as, you know, the Jazz, you're, you're totally right about the stars and the top-end talent, and, and that surely is what the NBA is, is, is all about. And it makes me curious, now that Donovan Mitchell, DJ, is healthy in the offseason, because last year he wasn't healthy, he didn't work on his game last year, he wasn't able to, he was trying to get that foot right. He talked about it at a locker room clean-out, he's healthy. I, I don't know, you know, I'm sure you, because uh, like we all do, you're paying attention to social media and all those things. You know, there aren't barbecues this year. I know he's uh, traveling he in, a little bit, in, but it's not just Paris. setting around the world. It's not those sorts of things. Mm. He needs to take his game up a notch. He knows it, and, he, you know, everybody, NBA fans know it. You, you need your stars, and, and I thought it was interesting what Dennis Lizzie said on ESPN2 during the summer league the other day. They said they wouldn't have made these moves if they didn't think Donovan Mitchell was ahead of the game and mature enough to, to make this worth it. So the Jazz are, are are betting on Donovan. They're betting on Donovan being the top end guy. And I know Rudy is a, a star in his own right, but you need you need that guy who can who can dominate the game offensively and go beat the other team's best player. And that's gonna be Donovan Mitchell. And is he gonna bring his game to the point where he can go swim with the big boys, with the big fish? And I you know, it, it's it'll be one of the great questions going into this season, and one of the reasons it's going to be super fun to watch because I certainly won't want to bet against that guy. 
Jake and Gordon coming up on the big show today at 3 o'clock. Thanks, Jake. DJ, you are the best. Thank you, my friend.